being a part of a church that is constantly growing and you're growing by multiplication, literally. That's awesome. So keep doing what you do. I'm sure it's fun. But let's talk about the message this morning, shall we? We're in the series, Frequently Asked Questions. We've been asking good questions, hopefully, that you guys are looking for answers for. The first one was, you guys remember that, how to deal with irritating people? Hello. Come on, who's got them in their life? The irritating people, right? If you're not raising your hand, you are the irritating person. Um, then we talked about disappointments, and that's something that we, we all got to deal with. It's when our reality uh, doesn't meet our expectations. We're hoping and thinking that life's going to be like this, and it just it falls short in that area in between. That's our disappointment. So how do we deal with that? We talked about that. We talked about last week, Pastor Rob, great message on good parenting. And it wasn't literally just for parents and raising kids. He talked about some really strong foundations. That one verse about Jesus that said, Jesus grew in, what was it? He grew in wisdom and truth and stature with men and with God. And those are some concepts that we can apply to all of our lives, not just as parents to kids, but we can all take that. Today, we're going to be talking about this question, answering this question. How do I hear God's voice? Anybody in this room interested in this topic at all? You need to hear God's voice. Like there's stuff going on in our lives and we don't know. Well, let me just encourage you today. God still speaks to his people. Can I get an amen for that? Like there are some people in the Christian world that say, no, 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 he doesn't speak anymore. Like we still have the Bible. We still have truth. We still have to live our lives, but God doesn't speak to people. He doesn't do gifts. There's none of that supernatural stuff. There's no need for it anymore. It died off with the death of the last apostle. That's what some people believe. But I would say, no, I don't believe that at all. I believe that God still speaks to us. He speaks a number of different ways. He'll put thoughts and impressions and ideas into our, our minds and our hearts. Sometimes he does speak audibly to people, but we hear him through circumstances around us. We hear him through other people. We hear him through the word. And we're going to talk about that today. How do I hear God's voice? There's a verse um, in John chapter 10 that I want to read about, and it describes Jesus. And I, I believe this, that in hearing God's voice, the problem isn't that God isn't speaking clearly or loud enough. I don't ever believe that the, the part of us not hearing God's voice, that the blame or the problem of it is on the speaker. I believe it's on the listener. I think it's us that need to learn how to listen. And so today I want to talk about that. How do we hear God's distinctive voice among all the stuff that we're dealing with in life? And in John chapter 10, Jesus, one of the ways he refers to himself in scripture is as a shepherd and that we are his sheep. And I know that there's a lot of different metaphors and, and ways to describe God. Like he's our father, he's a master, he's a, you know, all of these different things. But I love that Jesus calls himself the good shepherd because almost on a daily basis, I just have to give up and I just admit that I am nothing more than a dumb sheep. Anybody else with me? Come on, you're a dumb sheep. You know you are. Like, you, you know, if you, you're like, man, I'm a dumb sheep. I need a good shepherd. And praise the Lord that Jesus goes, man, I'm the good shepherd and I got you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to lead you to water and to food and to places of rest. And if you just can get that in your head that you're not the shepherd, that you're not the boss, you're not the boss sheep, you're just a dumb sheep and you need a good shepherd, then everything's going to work out in our lives. Amen? Like that's a good place to be when we, we realize who we are. So, so Jesus says this, or it says this in John chapter 10, describing Jesus. The gatekeeper opens a gate for him, meaning for the shepherd. And the sheep recognize his voice and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name, right? Jesus knows us by name individually. And, and he leads them out. After he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, not behind, not hiding. He's there. And they follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. 
They'll run from him because they don't know his voice. And I just love this picture, and I want to be that kind of a sheep that knows the shepherd's voice. There's a story that I read that during World War I, actually, in the area of Jerusalem, on a hillside near Jerusalem, there were some Turkish, Turkish soldiers. Try to say that one three times fast. Turkish soldiers, Turkish soldiers. Turkish soldiers. <laughs> Got it. They're hanging out at night, and they're wandering around, and they see this flock of sheep on the hillside near Jerusalem. And the shepherd is sleeping. So they figure, man, we're going to get some sheep. We're going to grind some, some food tonight, some lamb chops, you know, whatever. They try to steal this flock of sheep. And they basically start herding the sheep off. And this, as they're walking off, the shepherd wakes up at night. And he sees that her sheep are being, being driven off. He can't fight all of these soldiers. They have guns. It's just him. But he's like, that's my sheep. That's my livelihood. That's my flock. And so he does what every shepherd does is they all... Listen, every single shepherd has an individual call, a peculiar, distinctive, unique call that they put out to their sheep, a noise, a phrase, or something so that the sheep know that's our shepherd. We're going to go with that guy because there's lots of different shepherds and stuff. So they're being driven off, and the shepherd gets up, and he goes, I don't know how to get them back, but I do know how to get them back. They know my voice. And so he gives out his super cool, unique, distinctive call. And you know what happened is all the sheep stopped. They're being driven off, soldiers pushing them and everything, and they stop when they hear this call, and they turn around, and they all come back, and whatever the, the soldiers tried to do, they couldn't steal the sheep because the sheep would only respond to the shepherd's voice, and that makes just such a cool story about that's where we're at today. We want to know, and I always think, like, I wonder what that call sounds like. I wonder what, like, the, the shepherd's call that was so unique, like, what's the phrase? What's the word? How do they know to come that? So I was thinking about it, and I was, so I got a couple ideas. You guys ready to hear my ideas? Here's what I think the shepherd, here's what I think was his unique call that night. You guys ready for this one? <clears throat> Here's what I think he did. Hey, sheep, come here. Come here. That's not your guy. I'm your guy. Come here. Come get back over here. Where do you guys think you're going? There's my call. There's my shepherd's call. You guys like that? That's all I got. Or maybe he's just going like one of these, like you guys do with your, here, sheepy, 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 here, sheepy. Or how about one of these? Because I've seen you guys with your pets before. Who's a good little lamb? Who's a good little boy? Who's a, who's a good little lamb? I don't know what it is. Maybe it was like, moo. I don't know what it was. I wonder. But all I know is he had an individual call and a voice that his sheep recognized, and they weren't going to do anything else. They weren't going to be distracted. They weren't going to get lost because they knew who the voice of the shepherd was. Isn't that a good picture of where we're at today? And we're just, here's our question. How do I hear that voice? How do I know that among all the distractions and the voices in this world that I'm listening to the right one because I want to go the right way, make the right decisions, make the right choices in my life? Amen? Isn't that what we're after this morning? So let me talk about that. And here's what I think is that before we can actually hear that voice, you got to learn to recognize the imposters. you got to learn to recognize the distractions. you got to learn to recognize the stuff that if God's voice is right here and you're trying to listen for that, you got to understand and be aware of all the things that come in disguise or the things that compete or the things that are distractions so that you can tune all of them out and you can recognize clearly the voice of God. So I want to give you three things right now that are big distractions. You can take the notes in your Bible app. Anybody using it right now? You trying it out? Yeah, some of you guys are. Awesome. The rest of you guys, technology challenged, right? You can work on it later. Get your kids to explain it to you. They're the best ones, yeah? Like, here's how you download an app. But follow along with me. Here's the first distraction that I see in our lives that's so huge is that we are too busy. 
We're too busy. We're our own worst enemy, trying to hear the voice of God. God, I need some help. Tell me what to do in this relationship. I don't know what's going on. And the biggest thing is this, is that we're, we're, we're multitasking. We're trying to hear from God, but we're on our screens. We're running our lives. We got our kids to deal with. We're managing our money. We're coming and going with our jobs. We got all of this other stuff. Is that we are our own worst enemy, that we are distracting ourselves because we're so busy we can't pay attention. Luke chapter 10, verse 39 is this story of Jesus. And it's a perfect example of being too busy that you don't hear God's voice. Now, Jesus had some friends that he was very close to in life. And you know that he had the disciples and, and he had the crowds. But he hung out with these three people a lot, uh, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. They were all like family, brother and sisters. And he hung out at their house a lot. And one day he's over at the house. And it starts off, and it was talking about Martha. And it describes Martha. And it says that Martha, she had a sister named Mary. Mary seated herself at the Lord's feet. Jesus came over. He's lounging on the couch or whatever. He's hanging out. And Mary is like right down there. She's like, oh, man, our friend's here. He's, he's the man. He's the Messiah. This is so good. He speaks from God. And she's just all absorbed and focused at his feet. And she's listening to his teaching. But Martha, the sister, and this is what the Amplified Version puts it, she was overly occupied and too busy. She was distracted with much serving and she came up to him and said, Lord, is, is it nothing to you that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me, to lend a hand and to do her part along with me. See, here's the problem. And Jesus kind of came back and he spoke to her and he goes, hey, you know what? I credit Mary. She's doing the right thing here. She's hearing my voice. She's hearing my teaching. And Martha, I know you love me and you're actually trying to serve me. You're getting dinner prepared and you're doing really, really good things. But I can't speak to you because you're, you busied yourself so much. See, I believe in our generation right now, we just make ourselves too busy. We're multitasking all the time. Like we're, we're driving, trying to get to places as fast as we can, but we're also looking at our screens. Anybody guilty of that at the same time, right? You ever drive around and even if it's not you, just look at all the other people on the road and you see everybody like this. They're looking down because the phone is right there. The screen is, we're driving, we're texting, we're emailing, we're, we're doing everything all at the same time. Our lives are so busy and so fast that even though we're saying, oh God, I, I want to hear from you, we're so busy doing other stuff. Now listen, because some of the other stuff that you're doing, it isn't bad stuff. It's not like, oh, that's so evil, you need to focus on the God stuff. Sometimes you're doing really, really good stuff. Like Martha, she's like, she's probably cleaning the house for Jesus because she loves him. She's probably uh, getting the dishes all ready, the table all set, because it's for Jesus. And sometimes we're doing really good things that we're so busy with. I gotta raise my kids in a godly manner. I gotta make sure I make enough money to support the family. I gotta make sure that I'm doing this and that. And it's really good things, but it's not God things. It's good, but it's not God. And there's a time when Psalms tells us in Psalm 46, verse 10, that we just need to be still and know that I am God. The quieter you, the quieter you get, the louder he speaks. When you just kind of calm down, slow down, take time to listen, that's when you're going to hear God's voice. And that means sometimes you got to schedule times and places for God to speak in your life. Like you literally have to like schedule it in your calendar this part of the day. I don't know about you, but I have a daily routine of when I meet with God because I don't want to miss an opportunity. So I've made it a habit in my life. First thing in the morning when I get up, I'm spending time with God. I'm praying. I'm reading the word. I'm listening to him. Every single time I go into the shower, it's a no-brainer. Instantly my head goes to prayer as I'm showering because it's quiet. It's, I'm, I'm in there alone and I'm just like, I'm speaking to God. I'm talking to God. I'm trying to shut everything else out. Maybe you have a favorite chair that you sit in, a cup of coffee every day. Maybe it's a, a, a your lunch break or whatever, but you need to make sure that you are 
taking time out of the busyness of life and just listening to the voice of God. That's one of the reasons why right now, some of us in this room, I can never hear God's voice. I can never hear God's voice. I go to church. I go to Bible study. I'm good with my kids. I'm this. Yeah, you're a good person, but you, you got to like let that, some of that stuff go and just be still and know that he is God. Isn't that a good word for some of us right now? Just slow down, stop, be still and know that he is God. Here's a second big distraction in our lives is competing voices. Competing voices. We're the first one too busy. That's our fault. We make ourselves too busy. The second one is other voices, other people. We have too many voices, too many choices. We want to make decisions, but we hear from all these people, all these options, and it just gets drowned out. We, don't, we can't find God because there's so much other voices that are talking, so much other, other noise. It could be good. It could be bad. It could be just the news. It could be... Um, uh, the media, it could be just even really well-meaning friends and family, but you're just hearing all these different choices and opinions, and I really got to do this one thing, but everybody's got an opinion, and I don't know what to do with all of that, is too many voices. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2 says, since we're surrounded by so many examples of faith, and Hebrews is talking about all these different believers and heroes in the faith in the Bible that have run the race ahead of us, and he goes, we have so many good examples, but here's what it says, we must Get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that distracts us. That means we got to like kind of like there's a lot that's going on, but we got to get rid of all that stuff that's distracting us. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. And here's the key. We must focus on Jesus. Here's what I'm talking about in those competing voices is what Hebrews is telling us to is get rid of all that other stuff and focus on Jesus. Here's what I get out of that is you got to turn down the volume of the world and turn up the volume of Jesus. It goes both ways. Because sometimes you can just turn down the volume of the world, and then you're still not hearing Jesus. It's a both and type of thing. You need to turn down the volume. All those other voices, all the other things, like maybe they're not so important. I got to turn down the volume on that so that I can pound the sounds of Jesus, right? Anybody like to put big stereos in your car? Who's got the subwoofers and the amps in their car right now? Come on. You guys like, nobody? You guys don't like to pound the sounds? Like, am I the only one? Like, I like my music loud. Like, really? Wow. I'm like all about that. And what do we call it in Hawaii? Oh, pound the sounds, right? That's the fr- So here's what I'm thinking. If all the other voices that are out there in my life trying to speak into me, they might be good, but there's a time I got to turn them down and I need to pound the sounds of Jesus. I need to hear his word. I need to hear him speak. I need to hear, I need to be around his people. I like need to get the influence. I need to turn the volume up of Jesus in my life. You ever flown on an airplane before and been super distracted by all the noises that are on an airplane? Anybody? Does that get to you? Think about just the noise of the airplane alone, right? You're sitting there, I'm going to catch some sleep, and all you hear is this. For eight hours straight, that's all you hear, the the airplane making the noises. Then you add to that the sound of babies crying all around you. And don't get me wrong, I love babies, right? I had babies, like, like I know how they can be on planes. It's, it, I feel bad for the babies, but I also feel, feel bad for me because the babies are crying and you're like, oh, and then you're, rah, 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 and, oh, and you're just trying to sleep and there's anxiety and you might hit turbulence and you don't know what's going on. And then to add to the audio drama around you, there's someone talking right next to you and you really have like no elbow room. And the last, one of the last times I flew on a plane, there was this lady next to me. She wasn't talking to me because I was like trying to pretend I was sleeping, right? Ignore her. But she was talking to the person next to me whole flight about her gallbladder surgery. So I had the gallbladder surgery. I'm like, ah. And then I took this medication. I'm like, ah, stop already. You know, like 
I don't want to be one of those old people that all I talk about is everything wrong with my body and my medication. You guys, we know people like that, don't we? Some of us, you are those people, right? Some, someone came out of me, came out of the last service and they said, you know what, Pastor Call? Last time I was flying, come to think of it, I was talking about my gallbladder surgery. And I'm like, were you sitting by me? Auntie, zip it. You got to stop. Like, but joke, I joke. I love her. She loves me. But the point is, on the airplane, you're assaulted with all kind of audio stuff and you just can't find the peace. And then what I've discovered? Noise canceling earphones. Anybody discovered those things? Those are legendary. Those things are next level. It's one thing to just turn up the, the sound of earphones, you know, music in your earphones is normal. But the noise canceling actually sends out a white noise signal that literally cancels out all of the ambient noises around you and allows you to pump up the music or whatever it is, the movie that you're listening to. So literally, it's a double. It's turning down the sounds all around you and turning up the voice that you do want to listen to. And I believe that in our lives, there's so many competing voices, and that's what we need to learn to do, is to turn it down and so we can turn Jesus up. And here's a third thing that I think really distracts us a lot, is literally the wrong heart. Now, this is different. The first thing, being too busy, that's your fault. You're doing too much stuff to hear from God. Calm down, be still, know that he's God. The second thing is everybody trying to speak to you and all the stuff that's going on, all the choices, the books you read, all the different things, the self-help, all, there's a lot of voices. That's other people's influence. Here's a third thing is I think the problem sometimes is within us. It's not even external. It's right there within us. Jesus speaks to this. The parable of the sowers, he talks about the farmer, the sower, scatters seed, which is the word of God, into people's lives and hopefully into their hearts. And there's four different types of soil it falls on and different reactions to how we receive the voice of God in our lives. And, and in this verse, in, in Matthew 13, 19, he says this, when anyone hears the news of the kingdom, in other words, God's voice trying to talk to you, but doesn't take it in, it just remains on the surface. And so the evil one, the devil, the enemy, comes along and plucks it right out of that person's heart. See, what this is saying is that, that one of the reasons we don't hear the voice of God is our hearts aren't really ready to take it in fully. We may have heard it. You guys know there's a difference between hearing and listening? Hearing is just like, I heard noises coming out of your mouth. Listening is you're paying attention. You're going to interact with it. You're going to respond to what's happening. I believe that sometimes it isn't even our busy distractions. It isn't even other voices. It's the fact that God is speaking to you, but your heart is in a hard place. And so it's not ready to actually go, if God speaks to me right now, will I really believe it? Will I really trust it? Will I really obey it? Will I really apply it and do what he's asking me to do? Because if not, it's just going to fall on a hard heart, and it's going to slip away. What's the condition of your heart? Um, the condition of our heart is one of the reasons why we don't hear. And here's what I believe the biggest reason why we don't have a soft heart is our hearts are hard because they're too full of me. My heart is too hard because it's too full of me. Pride, selfishness. Like, uh, I want God to speak to me, but I only want him to say certain things. I don't want to listen to everything he has to say. Like, I only want to hear the things that I want to hear. I don't want to hear anything and everything that God might say. So what is that? That's a hard heart that's saying, I'm going to filter God's voice through me and my thoughts and my emotions. God might be telling me, hey, I want you to go speak forgiveness to that guy at work that you have a problem with it. But myself and my selfish emotions are in the way that says, no, I hate that guy. I'm never talking to him again. So what happened right there? The word of the Lord came to me. I was hearing his voice. Well, my heart was wrong, and so I rejected it. So nothing changes in my life. As if sometimes our heart is in the wrong. I think it's like this. We, that we're, we're so consumed with us and our filters and what we want and not really trusting God. That's a wrong heart. It's like this. 
Selfie mode. Our hearts are on selfie mode. How many of you guys like to take pictures on selfie mode with your phones? Anybody? Like you take the, like think about it. I know you do. You don't have to raise your hand. But when we take the, we take the picture on selfie mode, right? Because there's no one around to take our picture or whatever. And we, we want to get a quick picture. Who's, who's biggest in that picture? Whose head is biggest in that picture when you're on selfie mode? You guys get what I'm saying here? Is you're holding it. It's closest to you. Usually, for the most part, in selfie mode, your head is the main thing that's happening in that picture. And it's the biggest. And you're going to take 15 pictures, but if you don't look good, then you're not showing that picture. Here's what I believe sometimes about our hearts. Sometimes our hearts are so consumed with, well, if it makes me feel good, and if it's what I decided to do, and it makes me look good, and I'm the star of the show and the decision, then I'll listen to you, God. It's like we're filtering out the voice of God. We're getting distracted because we're the star of the show, and we want it delivered our way. See, having a right heart before God is willing to go, God, I need to hear your voice, and whatever you say, even if I don't like it, or I don't understand it, or I feel like it's taking too long, I'm still going to trust you. That is a heart that God can work with. Amen? Here's a, here's a verse that Paul says in 2 Corinthians 7.1. With promises like this to pull us on, dear friends, let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us, both within and without. Let's make our entire lives fit and holy temples for the worship of God. Let's get our hearts right. Now, here's a, uh, the part of the message where I'm going to give you three things on how to hear the voice of God. Practical things that you can do, like literally practical, you can go out there and do them starting today. And it comes through a little passage that I found in the book of 1 Samuel. And the star of the books of 1 and 2 Samuel is this guy named Samuel in the Old Testament. And I see three things from this little story about Samuel that put us in the right position, practical things we can do so that we can walk out of here today and go, I'm going to practice these these three things. God's going to speak to me. I'm going to hear him today for whatever I'm going through in life. Now, you read the book of Samuel. Samuel's a guy that became a mighty prophet for God. He spoke the words that God gave him, and he, he changed the direction of the people that were listening and following God. He was a mighty prophet, but he started off as a little boy, a little boy in this situation that was dedicated to the things of God. He was living in the temple the tabernacle of God. And he had an older high priest that was his mentor, kind of like the the father figure in his life that was teaching him uh, the things about God and raising him to be a man of God. But at this point, he's just a little kid. And one night, while he's in bed trying to go to sleep, he's in the temple, God's trying to speak to him. And at the end of it, you're going to see that Samuel actually heard God's voice, and he teaches us some stuff along the way. So let's pick up the story for Samuel. Chapter 3, verse 3, here's a, here's a story of little Sammy, the young boy, right? It says this, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. There's, I'm going to come back to that, the lamp of God, which is the light, the fire in the temple, but the lamp of God, remember that. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord. He's lying next to the lamp. He's in the house, the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. So he's near the ark. Those three things I want to talk about. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli, the the priest, right? And he said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you. Hey, go back to bed. Go back. Lie down. So he went back. He lay down. Verse 6 says, again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I didn't call you. Come on. I got to get my rest. Go to bed. Stop being all anxious. Relax. Calm down, right? Just go back. Go to sleep. Now, Samuel 
did not yet know the, the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. In other words, young Samuel, he didn't recognize that was God speaking to him. So a third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli, and he said, here I am, you called me again. Eli realized that this, this time, at this point, he goes, wait a minute, this isn't me. I know there's no one else here. I think this is God speaking. And so he's, he tells him this. He, told, he realized that the Lord was calling the boy, so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now let me stop right there and say that should be the prayer of our hearts every single day, that we would pray those simple words when we wake up in the morning, when we go to put our, our head on our pillow at night, is just speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Lord, I, I don't want to be distracted by all my busyness. I don't want to listen to those other voices. Turn them down. Turn you up. Uh, Lord, I'm, I'm here right now, and I'm just trying to focus. My heart is clean. Speak. I'm ready to hear you. And so Samuel tells, or Eli tells Samuel, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went, lay down in his place. The Lord came, stood there, calling him as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. And he goes on, and he tells him this amazing prophecy. And that's not the point of what I'm trying to make here today. The point is that Samuel, as he's laying down at night, he did some things that basically set him up so that he could clearly hear the voice of the Lord. And these are the three things that I want to talk about today, and it's in your notes right there. The first thing is, if you notice, that Samuel was by the lamp of God. The lamp of the Lord had not yet gone, gone out. The lamp of the Lord. And that represents, you know what the lamp represents in Scripture? It represents God's word. The first point I have for you, if you're trying to hear from God today, number one, write this down, meditate on his word. You have to meditate on his word. Not just read the word, but meditate. There's a big difference because he was saying that Samuel was by the lamp of the Lord. Psalm 119, 105 tells us this, your word, speaking to God, is a lamp for my feet and a light unto my path. It's a light on my path. And basically, this is the first thing that we can do to hear the voice of the Lord, is that God speaks through his word. His will is his word. His word is his will. There's, you're never going to find anything in the Bible that contradicts a word that God has given to you because the Bible always backs up the voice of God. The Bible, the word of God, all will never contradict the voice of God. And so first thing that we have is that, that we're to meditate on the lamp, which is the word of God. His word is his will. Think about it like this. Have you ever heard something from a friend or from someone that was so important that you didn't want to forget that you're like, wait, hold on, hold on. I got to write this down. And you bust out your phone so you can take notes on it. Or if you don't have your phone, you write it on your paper or you write it on your hand or whatever because it's just that important. Think about when you were like in the dating stage and you got somebody's digits. Remember that back in the day? You're like, oh, hey, try to go ask her for her digits. Nah, nah, I'm scared. Nah, you got it. She likes you. She's into you. Nah, 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 I don't know if I can. And you go, oh, yeah, how's it going? Uh, yeah, I'm Carl. Um, yeah, so I really, you're pretty cool. Uh, hey, can I get your number? Like, oh, yeah, here's my, yeah. And right there at that point, you panic, right? And whatever it takes, you write that number down. You guys know what I'm saying? Any, come on, guys out there. Like, that's how we are. We're shy. We're desperate. We're like, I better get that number. I'm going to write it on my head, on my arm, something. I need to get your number. It's that important. Or your wife sends you to the store, and she gives you a full list of things to do. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to forget, and then I'll get in trouble. I better write it down. Directions to someone's house, like, I'm going to get lost. I better write it down. Here's what's so cool about God 
is God says, I've given you such important words to direct and bless and advise your life, but they're so important, I already wrote them down and I gave them to you in a book. Isn't that cool? The Bible is so important that it's God's voice and it's his words and his will for your life. And he goes, I got you. I knew you would forget. So I already had it all written down. I got this word. And today's technology, we can carry it with us in our phone, on our computer. It's available so easily. First thing, you want to know the voice of God? Start reading your Bible. And beyond reading it, here's a word that I use, meditate. Look what Psalms chapter 1 verse 1 says. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it, meditates on that law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. This is why I use the, this word specifically. Don't just read the word of God. You got to meditate on it. The word meditate is a special word. It's a, the original Hebrew word that was used. It's a really fun word to say. Here's the word. You guys ready for a Hebrew word to learn today? Haga. Turn to someone next to you and say, Haga. Just try it out. It's fun to say. You might spit on them a little, but that's okay. Haga. See, like, I'm going to, hey, what are you doing today? Well, tonight I'm just going to go home and haga my word. What? Yeah, I'm just going to go home and haga the Bible right now. What? What the heck? Here's what the word haga means. It means when we use the word meditate here, it translates into English. It literally means this, to think upon, to ponder, to imagine, to focus on, to strategize. Like you're taking it into, you're dwelling on it, you're thinking about, yeah, how do I apply this thing? How do I memorize it? How do I put it on repeat? Like this is so good. That it's like that you would read the word when you're looking to hear the voice of God and you would lock on to verses that jump out at you and you go, well, hold on. I'm not just going to like read. I'm not going to do my devotions every morning with like three hours in, or three minutes in the word of God. Now I can start my day. It's all good. Check the list. But you're going to actually read it for life change, not just for information, but you're reading it until you hear God speak to you. You guys know what I'm saying? Like you read and it could be one verse. It could be just one verse that you read that's just like, that's the new verse for me. That's a verse I need to hear in the next couple days in the situation at work that I'm going through. This is the verse that's going to carry me through this season in my relationships right now that it's, I'm struggling with. Man, that's the one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hug. I'm going to meditate. On God. I'm hearing God's voice, and it's going to keep speaking to me. This is the story of this person in Scripture. is David or Esther or Paul or, or Barnabas or who, whoever it might be. It's speaking to me where I'm at in this season of my life right now. And you know what? I'm going to meditate on that because God is using it to speak to my life. Amen? We have so many Bible tools and Bibles available to us. There's no reason not. You can go on the app right there, our church app, and it'll link you to the YouVersion Bible, which gives you, you can type in a topic. If you're going through something right now, debt. You're going to find all these topical uh, verses and, and devotions daily you can find on different topics. But, but we have so many resources available to us. But read. Read a proverb a day. 31 chapters of Proverbs, 31 days of the month. Read a chapter of Proverbs every day. It's wisdom for practical living. Read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's all about the life of Jesus. You want to know Jesus? Go read it by his friends that wrote about him in Scripture. Do the one-year Bible, but here's the best way to hear God's voice. First of all, he already wrote it down for you. Hey, it's this important. I wrote it down. Here you go. He's given it to us. And it says, if you do it, you will prosper. You'll thrive. Your life will go smoothly. You'll be effective. In fact, you'll be satisfied with what's going on in your life. So the word of God is important. Secondly, here's the second point, is when it talked about Samuel in the temple, it says he was near the ark 
of the Lord, the ark of God. The ark of God, you know what that symbolizes? The presence of God. Here's the second thing for your notes is seek his presence. Man, I'm going to look. If I want to hear from God, I'm going to read the Bible. If I want to hear from God, I'm going to get into his presence. The Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of, uh, in the Old Testament, when you read about it, was that box, a golden box with the cherubim on top and the long poles and no one could touch it. Basically, bottom line, the Ark symbolized the holy presence of God. And when they would carry it into battle with them to fight their enemies, the Israelites would carry the Ark of the Covenant with them. It's like the other enemies would see it and be like, oh, no, they got the Ark with them. Oh, no, their God is fighting for them. We give up already. It's like terrible. Because they knew the anointing, the power that represented the presence. So here's Samuel, as we read. He was near the ark of God. And I, I believe for us, it's speaking to us saying, get into the presence of God. You want to hear from God? Get into his presence. First John 5, 14 says, how bold and free we then become in his presence. Freely asking according to his will, sure that he's listening. And if we're confident that he's listening, then we know that what we ask for is as good as ours. Think about this. If you can't hear the voice of God right now, we talked about reading the Bible, but here's another way. If you can't hear the voice of God, let me give you two words. Can't hear God's voice? Get closer. Two simple words, powerful words. Presence of God brings the voice of God, the will of God in your life. Get closer. It's as simple as that. And too many times we're like, oh, what's the voice of God? What's the voice of God? And we're out of range because we're not near God, we're not near his influence, we're not even talking to God, and we want God to just direct our lives. And you know what God's all about? Relationship. He wants to get close to you. He wants you to get close to him. Um, last year sometime, I'm trying to remember when this was, I forget, sometime last year, I went to a, 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 a kid's birthday party. Some friends of ours were having a birthday party on the beach on the west side of Oahu, in Nanakuli, and it was a beautiful day. And the water, if, if you guys know me, I love the west side. I love the water out there, the marine life, everything. It's just gorgeous and beautiful. So I did, I did my time hanging out with the friends and the family, but the water was calling me. So I was like the whole time like, hey, happy birthday. And my eyes were like on the ocean. I'm like, I got to get in that thing. I got to go dive. I got to go, you know, find some shells or something. So I was having a good time. And then it was like my time. Yeah, yeah, go dive. So I went down to the water. and it was, it was beautiful on the west side, man. It's so blue and clear. And I'm diving. There's kids playing on the beach, a couple of other people diving, uncles fishing on the rocks. And it was just, it was an awesome day. So I go out and I'm swimming and I'm underwater swimming for like an hour and a half. I'm down the beach. I came up for air a couple of times in there, just so you guys know. I, don't, I can't hold my breath that long, but I like go up and down. So I was diving, I was in the water and I was looking, I was finding shells and having a good time. And then I come up, I went all the way down one, one side of the beach, came all the way back up and I put my head up to look around, see where everybody's at, spend a little bit of time. And I was like, oh, the beach emptied out, nobody in the water. I was like, wow, God, you must love me. This is only for me today. Like, how, how great. And as I'm walking in the water going, wow, so good. And not, nobody's even out. The kids are like, hey, did you see the shark? I was like, what? Uh, uncle on the rocks fishing. He said there was a 10-foot tiger cruising right by where you were. I was like, what? No ways. Yeah, yeah, there was right there. I'm like, and you guys only tell me now? I was all, I was all bummed, right? And they're like, no, we tried to yell, but you're out of range. You're underwater. And see, here's what I think in connection to this is, is it wasn't their fault. They were trying to get my attention. They were yelling. I was a guy that was just out of range. See, sometimes we're asking God, like, we want to hear from you, God. We need to hear you. And God's going, you're out of range. Here's what I value. I value you coming into my presence so that I can speak to you. So many of us are like, no, I want to hear God. He needs to do my life. When's the last time you went to church? When's the last time you got into worship? When's the last time you actually prayed and talked to him? Oh, I don't know, kind of long. But I want God to speak to me. Hey, 
get closer. You're out of range. And this is the word that I have for us this morning is that we need to seek his presence. Worship, man, one of the greatest ways to bring us into God's presence. You read about it in the Bible. It says he inhabits the praises of his people. That means when we praise and worship and give glory to him, his presence comes to dwell. It inhabits the praises. He dwells among us. That's awesome. God's looking far and wide across the earth. His eyes are roaming for worshipers who would worship in spirit and in truth. If you want to have the presence of God, you want to get close to him, learn to be someone that worships. Like, don't come into to church every day, and, and maybe this is where you're at right now, and that's okay. It's a, it's a walk. It's a work in progress. But you come in, you're like, oh, it's the singing time. Oh, they're going to do the songs thing. Oh, yeah, this is cool, whatever. When are we going to hear that message, right? Some people were like that. But I would encourage you to take advantage of the time when we sing the praise and worship songs to realize that's your cue to get close to the presence of God. That's your cue to come in here and to give glory and to tell God, You're more worthy and more valuable than anything in my life right now. And if I get close to you, something good is going to happen. I watch people walking out of service all the time, tears in their eyes, telling me, God spoke to me in worship this morning. Thank you, pastor. That was so good. Fully ignored the whole message that I preached and just telling me worship was amazing this morning. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm not offended by that in the least. However God is going to choose to speak to you and you get close to him, you might forget everything I say this morning, but something in worship at the end of this service is going to bring you into God's presence and you're going to hear his voice. Amen. That's where you need to be. Isn't that good? So worship brings you into his presence. The second thing is just prayer. Prayer is just talking. See, God constantly wants you to be in his presence. Here's what we think sometimes. I have to go searching for God's presence. Guess what? The Old Testament people, they kind of did. They had to go to temple. They had to have uh, uh, separate experiences with God. They had to go find his presence. New Testament church, that's you and me. God gave us a gift that brings us into his presence. No matter where we go, we can't really leave it because what does he give us? The Holy Spirit, the comforter, the guide, the healer, the helper. He lives in every single one of us. He says, your body is my temple. I live in you. You know what that means? Presence of God is with you all the time. You just don't tap into it. I just don't tap into it. He's there, but he's waiting. You know what he's waiting for? He's waiting for me to start the conversation. He goes, I want to talk to you. I got words to say. How bad do you want me? Do you know I'm here? Do you really love me? Start the conversation. That's what prayer does. Prayer helps us. God, we start the conversation, and God's going to speak back to us. So find his presence. You want to know and hear the voice of God? Get closer. Simple. Here's the third thing is it that we learn from, from the story of Samuel, is it says that he was in the house of God, which the house of God means church. So here's your third point, get planted in his church. It's a big deal. Not because, oh, we think we're cool and this is a good social club, but here's what I know, is that God speaks through godly people. God speaks through his people. You get around God's people, it's gonna influence you. It's gonna wear off on you. You're gonna like receive stuff because God speaks through his people. Psalm 92, verse 11 talks about this, the, the house of God, the church. It says, my eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the defeat of, of my wicked opponents. But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transported, transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Is it God speaks through his people? Now, it's a good thing that you're here in church today. And if you call Anchor Church your home church, Stay, get involved, be planted here. 
God is going to speak to you through this church. If you're checking us out here today and you're going, that's not my style, then go find a good church. There's at least five or six churches at the top of my head right now that I would go to if I wasn't a part of Anchor Church. At least that many that are good in my own town in Kaneohe alone. There's good churches everywhere. But the point is, it's not Anchor Church. Just find a church. Find the family of God. Find community. Get around godly people because when you're looking to hear the voice of God, so many times in my life, I hear the voice of God through God's people speaking into my life, through friendships, through prayers, through whatever it is, it's through the church that you're surrounded right now, whether you know it or not, you're surrounded by heroes of the faith, people that have walked and lived through things that you maybe never have, or you're going through right now, and they can speak into your life, and they can give you hope, they can give you guidance, because you're in church, you're in the house of the Lord. There's people around you that have gone through the craziest of things that are heroes. They're professional experts in whatever it is that you might be going through right now. And you're like, I need to know that somebody knows what I'm going through and give me some advice. You only find that when you're planted in the house of God, when you're in the church and around the body of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Like, think about this, is that there's, there's people around you that they're going through the same thing. They don't have victory in it yet, but neither do you, but they're fellow warriors battling arm in arm with you, going through something. And when you find those people and you get to know them, man, you become like brothers in arms, sisters in arms, like, we got this thing. There's fellow warriors. There's heroes in there. There's, did you guys even know this? There's cheer, cheerleaders sitting in our midst right now. Don't be frightened. There's cheerleaders in our midst. But here's the deal. We all need cheerleaders. We need people that are going to come alongside us and use their words to say, look, Carl, I can tell you're hurting right now and you're having a hard time believing in God or maybe in believing in yourself. Well, I'm here today to go, yay, team, go, Carl. Right? I don't know. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. That was so dumb. But... Uh, but there's cheerleaders sitting around us that they want to say, hey, I'm going to believe with you and for you when you can't believe on your own. Hey, I know that my God is bigger than the situation you're going through, and I believe you can do this. You got this thing. Hey, can I pray for you right now and pray that God's presence would overwhelm your life and that things would turn around and you would be blessed and anointed in your life right now? That's cheerleaders, and we need cheerleaders. But you know where you find God's cheerleaders? In God's house. You find these people that you can go through life with, that's why we're so big about these connect groups. And you're going to hear God's voice in growth track. At 11 a.m. service, there's going to be people sitting there hearing God's voice through the church, through growth track. You're going to hear God's voice in connect groups. You're going to hear God's voice in the brotherhood on Saturday mornings, the women's sisterhood, the bloom conference. When we do our 21 days of prayer, you're going to be seeking and pressing into God. And God's going to speak to you. All of this happens through the local gathering, through the church, through God's people. I'm so thankful that when I was a teenager and I had all kinds of decisions to make and all kinds of distractions. Remember when you were a teenager and you literally could do anything and parents didn't need to know and you could pull stuff off and give into temptation and you could screw your life up. I'm so thankful that I was planted in the youth group in the house of the Lord and I was around other kids that were struggling with me, but we kept coming back to God. I had youth leaders and pastors speaking into my life that kept on directing me and I was hearing the voice of God through the leaders, through the other people, I avoided probably years or a lifetime full of problems and all kind of stuff that could happen because I was planted in the, vo in the house of God. Amen? Are you guys seeing that? So get planted in the church, uh, seek his presence, read his word. Listen, we can only hear God's voice if we become better listeners. Is that a good word for you this morning? Let's bow our heads, let's pray, and let's get you out of here. Lord, um, we love you. This morning, Father God, before we enter into worship and just come into your presence, which I'm so looking forward to this morning right now, Lord, um, Lord, we just want to 
confess to you that maybe we've been too busy or distracted or if there's too many competing voices or, or our heart hasn't been in the right place. Lord, we confess, we repent of that to you right now, Lord, and we ask that you would speak. Your servant is listening. Lord, that you would begin to talk to us. That you would talk through your word and through your presence and through your church, through other people. Lord, we're, we're open. We need to hear from you. Pray and ask that you would speak in Jesus' name. And for anybody in the room today that you've never even made that commitment to God, you've never even said, God, I'm yours. I want to follow you. I want to listen to you. You got to, it starts with a relationship. You can't just expect him to speak if you don't know him. If he doesn't know you, you got to enter in and say, God, I'm here and I want to live for you. And here's my life. Do with it what you, you will, but I'm trusting in you. And that's the moment that we receive salvation when we just tell God that we need him and we want him to save us and he's going to get to work in our lives. And maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you did that years and years ago, but for some reason you walked away or maybe you felt like maybe it wasn't like sincere the first time. I want to pray for you as well. So I want to pray for anybody right now that wants to make a decision for God to just say, God, I'm all yours. I'm all in. I need you. Here's my life. If that's you, I want to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to pray the words out loud and you're going to pray them just in your heart, quietly, under your breath, here with me. Don't worry, God hears you. He's going to honor that prayer and he's going to begin to change your life. But if you'd like to make that decision this morning, today's your day, this is your moment for life change. Change your eternity, change your destiny. This really is it. This is the big decision, the biggest prayer you can ever pray. If you'd like to pray that, become a Christian right now and to follow Jesus, I want to lead you in this simple prayer. Before we pray it, I'm going to ask you to let me know who you are. If that's you, eyes are all closed in this room, no one's looking, heads are bowed. If that's you and you want to pray this with me, can you just raise your hand right now? Can you just lift your hand and say, Pastor Carl, I want the good. I see some hands going up around the room. I see you. I got you. I see someone else over there. I got someone in the back. I see a hand over here. Praise God. Anybody else you want to make this decision? I guess there's another one over there. I I kind of see the lights, but don't worry about it. God sees you. If you're in the kids' room or maybe you're watching online or you're in the courtyard, God sees you. Don't worry. Put your hand down right now and you make this the prayer of your heart. Lord, I'm here today and I need you. I want you. I believe in who you are and what you did. Jesus, I believe what you did at the cross and the grave, that you died for my sins, for my wrongdoing, for my separation from you, God, and that Jesus died to pay the price for that. And he rose again from the grave to prove that he has power over life itself, over all of my sin and shame. And and Lord, you've given me new birth. And as I'm calling out to you right now and telling you, I will follow you all of my days until I see you face to face. That God, I'm yours now. I'm in your family. And I'm in the, I'm in the, the family of God right now, and you're going to do good things, change my life into a new creation, it says your spirit can do. So Lord, I'm all in. Do all that you need to do in my life. From here on out, I'm going to follow you all of my days. Thank you for being my God, and thank you for moving and changing my life. I'll see you in heaven someday. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we praise God right now for those people? Amen. Amen.